Google has a whole department uh, focused on failing, and it's called the moonshot department. And what they do is uh, they go to work to fail. <laughs> they go to work to dream about these crazy problems, these uh, crazy issues, like a 500-gallon uh, um, mile-per-gallon car or engine, or these just absurd things. How do I uh, teleport like Star Trek? How do I do these things. That's what they're, they're, they're paid to do. It sounds like a pretty cool job. Like, if you fail, you're doing your job right. Job security on that one, right? But they're, they're, that is their whole point. That is all they're, they're supposed to do. And they call it the moonshot department. And I thought, that's interesting. I saw this, this video, and it started rattling around my brain. And I started thinking about the Holy Spirit. And I was like, moonshot, they got nothing the Holy Spirit's mission, the Holy Spirit coming to this earth, the Holy Spirit, why it came to this earth, this fulfilling of the Great Commission, is, is basically the equivalent of saying, no, we're going to go find another you know, universe out there. We're going to go, and not to the moon, we're going to go to Pluto. Poor Pluto got demoted to dwarf. I feel sorry for Pluto. But it's like, it's bigger than just a moonshot. It's bigger than any of these things. Think about it. The Holy Spirit coming on Pentecost, and that's what today is. We're going to talk about what, what that big word means. But what Pentecost is, is the Holy Spirit coming to earth to say, okay, Jesus told us to go to the far ends of the earth, do all this stuff, Jerusalem, Judea, and the ends of the earth. How, how, how are we going to do that? There's like 40 of us in this room. And the Holy Spirit resting on them and saying, all right, go do it. And giving them power and the audacity to go do it. And the thing is, they changed the world. Without Twitter, without Facebook, without the internet, without, without uh, ad campaigns, without Mad Men, without uh, any of these uh, ways in which we can add, without any of these ways in which we can change uh, people's minds and perceptions, they did it thousands of years ago, and they continue, and the Holy Spirit continues to do it right here and right now in us and through us. So if you felt a little more energy in us, we're talking about the Holy Spirit today. And it's kind of sad to me. We, we gave four weeks, I think, to Christmas. We gave six to Easter, and the Holy Spirit's like, oh, it's Pentecost Day? I don't even know what that means. Pentecost is the day in which the Holy Spirit came. Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Pretty much a big deal. One of the, the great tricks of Satan is for us to write off the Holy Spirit as weird or awkward. Or I don't want to touch it because I might speak in tongues and I don't even know what that means. And if we're honest with ourselves, we're kind of creeped out by the Holy Spirit. Or people who are like, oh, I'm living by the Spirit. They're like, oh, I don't know what's going on there. I can't attain that. I can't, I can't define that. Science isn't working well with that, so I don't know how to touch that part of God. The problem is we're not touching a third of who God is. And I want to delve into all of who God is, not just the parts I'm comfortable with, because honestly, I'm not comfortable with much of God. I'll preach a whole other sermon, and i got to get back. Christianity is the great moonshot plan, and the Holy Spirit is the rocket fuel. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about it for two weeks. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Yes, even on Father's Day, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. 
I got hijacked last week. So um, we, just, we just pushed that back. And uh, there's no better time to talk about the Holy Spirit than on Father's Day. Because, guys, we know we do not know what we're doing. And it's only through the Holy Spirit that we can be the fathers that God has called us to be. So do not miss next week. Dads, I know you already got plans. Cancel them. It's not National Barbecue Day. It is Father's Day. Man up. Get your family here. In fact, now I'm going to wreck your whole summer plans. <laughs> Kevin and I, uh, we worked overtime this past week, or two weeks ago. We worked way overtime. We, got to, we went to the lake. It, we were suffering for Jesus. All right, we went to the lake. We have an amazing, Ivana's really mad at us because she didn't get to go. <laughs> we went to the lake. We went to the lake, and uh, the, the, the uh, series after um, Moonshot Thinking in these two weeks, is going to be called Life at the Lake. And what we're doing is we're sitting at Jesus' feet around the Sea of Galilee, around the lake. We happen to go to a lake and do some filming of some short videos to help illustrate that. You do not want to miss any of these. These are going to be, uh, we're, I'm so excited about it. Kevin's even working ahead. Yeah, you know how excited he is if he's working ahead, right? Uh, so this is really, we're really excited about the series. It's going to be extremely easy to invite friends to, very attainable uh, messages, and very, a lot of life application just straight out of Jesus' teaching. Um, and it's, they don't build on each other, so if, you, if your friend hasn't missed one, it's not like they're going to be lost. However, they're going to be so poignant and so on point, you do not want to miss any of them. Um, I'm sorry about that. Instead of coming back sun, Sunday night, just come back. Saturday night. Um, come to church tired. Leave at 6 o'clock. Get here. I don't know how well, that works. Just you don't want to miss these things. Uh, God is up to something. He is doing something. And I know I want to be a part of it. So Pentecost, what is it? Pentecost is a day in which the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples and the world was forever changed. Why does it matter? It is God's plan for changing the world. If I was God, I would come up with a different plan. Because this plan relies on us doing something. Humanity is not really the most effective when we relied on us to do something. I like to do nothing. But God's plan is to reside in us and to empower us to go and actually change the world. What do I do with it? You get to participate in this wondrous, crazy plan of God. Think about that. God Almighty invites each of us to participate with him. That is mind-blowing. That I, my life, it's not just about getting a paycheck. It's not just about being a father. It's not just about being a husband. But my life gets to be oriented around participating with God. I don't have to wait until I arrive somewhere. I don't have to wait until I have a degree. I don't have to wait until I go to heaven. I don't have to wait for anything. God invites me to participate with him here and now at this time. Acts 2, 22, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house with where we're sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in, in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from the corrupt generation. Those who accepted his me message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. I did skip a whole like 30 verses there. 
What's going on here is the Holy Spirit comes into people's lives and lives are changed and the world is changed. Things happen when the Spirit interjects. I want to be a life in which the Spirit interjects. I was thinking about uh, this car ride that I had last week going down to Georgia and coming back. About 22 hours spent in the car. I was also thinking about our chances of teaching and touching lives and, and really imparting life change here at the church. And I figured out that I speak only about 24 hours a year. Now, that car ride was almost the same as how much we have people here in the church hearing the word of God proclaimed. Dean Scarcelli probably spent longer in the car this week going to and from uh, work than he does. And he comes like every week than he does hearing the word proclaimed. What does that mean to you? Well, it meant to me was I'd be crazy not to rely on the Holy Spirit to inform my words. Because if I expect any life change, if we expect anything to happen here, it's got to be in and of the Spirit. Because think about it, what we do on a daily basis and our hours just tick by, but only 24 hours in the whole year? The Spirit has to be moving, has to be alive, has to be interacting with us. Or this is all for nothing. And that's why we take Sunday morning so seriously. We have to be laser focused. Because we want to get the most goody out of this time we have together every single week. Last week I was at Lucy's funeral. And as I was preparing, this wonderful girl that uh, she's 18 years old, taken from us uh, so tragically in a car accident. And uh, to think about it, as I prepared it, as I, as I poured over her Bible, as I... I thought about all the Lucy stories I have. I thought, here was a girl who gets it, maybe even better than I get it. She took the spirit seriously. She expected that the people that she talked to, whether it was in Starbucks or on Twitter, that she could actually affect their life through the power of the Holy Spirit. There was a girl from Michigan who flew down to attend her funeral, had never met Lucy, had only talked to her on Twitter. Never met her. There was people from all around the country that were coming to this girl's funeral. There was only over 1,200 people at her funeral. We had to find a big enough church to to get it to it. It was crazy. An 18-year-old girl. Why? She took the spirit seriously. And it was something that I learned last week, I think, just to see the ramifications of what someone who is really, truly trying to live out the spirit in their life what ramifications they can have in the community around them. We met people who said, oh, I met her. She started talking to me about Jesus in Starbucks. Oh, I met her. She did this. Oh, I met her. I did this. It's like, crazy girl. Youth pastor's nightmare, by the way, because she was always off somewhere and I couldn't find her, but that's another story for another time. But what rested on my heart and rested on my head thinking about Lucy was if you're a Christian and you're bored, you're doing it wrong. And I'll confess to you that I've been bored plenty as a Christian. But if I'm living out this faith and I'm living out what it means to be a Christian, there is no reason I should be bored. Because God will put you in all kinds of awkward, fun situations if you're obedient to him. So if you find yourself this morning, and maybe you've been a Christian for 50 years, but you, when you think about what word describes your Christianity, and boredom actually comes out, if you're really honest with yourself, how do we do it better? 
And I think that's where the Holy Spirit interjects and starts changing our ideas and our mind about some things. The disciples set a standard on how we work with the Holy Spirit. How does this work? How do we incorporate it into our lives? How do we unleash its power in our lives? And as I looked at Acts and as I looked at this template of how did they do this and how do I do that and how do I teach that to you, what does that look like for us? Uh, there's three things that, that came about. It was they dreamed, they delved. I don't know if that's actually a word, but you can go with it. And they, they do, or they did. As we can dream, we can delve, and we can do. So we're going to spend the rest of our time uh, talking about that. I sang so much and so loud that like, I'm desperate for water right now. It's a wonderful place to be. Acts 1, 6. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? This is the disciples dreaming of what Christ is going to do. Christ has already ro- risen from the grave, and he's doing like his appearing act, which is really, really interesting uh, in early Acts. And he's showing up to them and teaching them, and he kind of and goes through walls and does some fun stuff. But, and so the disciples are kind of like, okay, if we have a king who can like go through walls, this is going to be a really easy battle to win. He's got special effects. He's going to defeat death. This should be easy. And so the the disciples have been praying and hoping for that they will be able to restore the kingdom of Israel. And so Peter probably, the question is asked, because Peter always will be quick to put his foot in his mouth, but he probably says, so we're all kind of wondering here, you going to restore your kingdom now? And Jesus responds with, you guys don't know the time or the place. That this is happening. He's like, guys, you're getting it wrong. But see, the disciples are dreaming. They are going, this could be the time. They're starting to dream about, we get to be part of the restoration of Israel. And with like any dream with God, God just changes the dream. They were, they were on the right path. They wanted the restoration of Israel. But Christ was like, I got something bigger for you. I want the restoration of the world. And they get to be a part of it. What you think and what God does will always be different. They thought this, and the Holy Spirit did that. I have a friend, a really good friend, uh, who lives in Kokomo, Indiana. And he, uh, start, him and his best friend started a really cool ministry, after-school program that's touching a lot of lives in, in Kokomo. And uh, my dad was one of his mentors. And uh, they had it all planned out where they were going to do all this wonderful stuff for these kids. And they had a guy who was going to buy them a building, this facility that was going to take care of all their problems. It was all going to work and it was all going to be great. And then all of a sudden, the guy backed out. And so their whole dream and how they thought God was leading them and how they thought it all just fell apart in an instant. And there came a moment in, in Travis's life where he had to say, was the dream about a building or was the dream about what God's going to do in kids' lives? And so they readjusted everything about the program, and now it's huge and growing. And I think it's about the 10th year anniversary of the thing. And you talk to anyone from Kokomo, Indiana, the first thing they talk about is Bridges Outreach. They don't care about anything else, the car plants, the other stuff that goes on there. It's Bridges Outreach. It's what school asks for Christians to come in, right? And they're doing an amazing job. I'd tell that story just to say they dreamed one thing, and maybe you've dreamed one thing, 
and you had a door shut in your face. And you thought, oh, God's done with me. Apparently God wasn't powerful enough to deal with this. Holy Spirit hooey. Holy Spirit's like, no, 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 no. I just wanted to show you what I really can do. Your dream's too small. Let's make it bigger. Just like the disciples, they dreamed that the restoration of Israel would happen. And he said, no, no, no. How about we restore the world? That sounds a little bit more appropriate. Maybe it's been a while since you've dreamed. I suffered a concussion in college, and, um, and I, could, I didn't dream for years. Like, I know you're, everybody dreams. You just don't remember it. I, it's, I dreamed before, and then I didn't dream after for a long, long time. I've recently started dreaming again. It's just this weird sensation of like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't go to that place in my brain. It just doesn't happen. Maybe I'm just excitable enough awake that I don't need to dream. Um, but I just didn't dream. And, but some of you, you know, if you think about it, you've been so busy and you've worked so hard, or maybe it's been a medical thing where you just don't allow yourself to go to that place where you think, what if? You don't think, what could be? Maybe there's just so much pain blocking you or so much frustration blocking, blocking you that you don't want to think, what if we did this? What if that happened? What if I could be here? So dreaming requires resting. And to do a God kind of dream, you have to rest in him. And if you're honest with yourself, when was the last time you just rested in God? So God, take control. Take, take these moments. Because if you're a thing like me, I try to hold all those things and I try to, try to keep them all. And I'm like, oh, no, it's okay, God, you don't have to hold this one. I got this one. And I just wind up being exhausted. Resting in God is saying, here's control. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. And letting yourself dream again. You cannot achieve the dream by yourself. It's not a moonshot. It's not a God dream if you think you actually can do it. Well, where's the fun in that? Where's the Holy Spirit in that? God's not going to get involved. You're like, my dream is I'm going to take out the trash once a week. That's my goal. God help me do that. God's like, nah. Now, if you're going like, to take out everybody's trash in Illinois, maybe I'll help you with that. Let's have a bigger dream. If you think you can achieve it on your own, if it actually makes sense, then it probably isn't a God dream. Second thing you can do is you delve. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now you may be wondering, what is Pentecost? Where did this name come from? What it says is it's 50 days after Passover. Pentecost is actually kind of like uh, the Jewish Thanksgiving. Okay? And Passover is, this, is the huge remembrance and important, most important event in Judaism and Christianity of the sacrificial lamb and the blood being put over the, the doorposts and the, the angel of death just passing over when he redeems the Israel nation. And he says, okay, you guys are safe. Let's go. Christian, Jesus explodes the Passover and says, not only is the nation of Israel saved, but the whole world can be saved. Pentecost is the day in which the Ten, or Ten Commandments was given to Moses. So it is God revealing himself 
to Moses. Pentecost for Christians is the day in which the Holy Spirit comes and he reveals himself to everyone and puts them on mission, explodes it. So do you see how these two, in Jewish history, they are important, crazy, great days. In Christian history, they are magnified exponentially. Okay? So God, it's really interesting how God just kind of works on that cycle. Uh, that, that cycle. And he says, okay, well, the, you know, we did it once this way, but let's do it bigger. We did it once this way. Let's do it even better. better. Um, on Pentecost, the way that Jews celebrate uh, Pentecost is all night long, the day before, you stay in a room, and you can do this a, a couple days before too. They stay up all night long debating the law, talking about the law, uh, praying over the law. What does this mean? What does this look like? What is, hey, what would it look like if you called your family together and you said, hey guys, all we're going to do is read Deuteronomy tonight? But that's what they did, and that's what the disciples did. Have you ever wondered why they're all gathered in one place? Is they're, they're um, remembering the festival, Shabbat, and they are, they're, they're practicing it, and they're staying up all night to, to delve into the scriptures. And the disciples are doing that. They are delving into the scriptures. So how do we delve? And this is probably one of the scriptures that they delved into. The Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commands I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So when they're delving into the scripture, they're, they're delving into Deuteronomy, they're delving into the law, and they're studying it, and they're, they're probably thinking, well, Jesus said this, how does this apply? And they're putting them together. And how does this work? Okay, well, Abraham did this. How do we put these together? And they're, they're talking about it. It must have been an amazing conversation. Think about who's in that room, right? The, all the apostles are sitting there, and they, they, all of Jesus' teaching is rattling around in their head, like, how do we, how do we make sense of all of this? And in the middle of that study, in the middle of that prayer, in the middle of that preparation, the Holy Spirit comes and meets them. Too often we think about just, oh, I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to lead me. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for this. But guys, they're actively searching the word of God. I've had many people in my lives who were like either Bible scholars or prayers, and they didn't let the two meet. But the disciples show us in the, in the practices of this is they should be intertwined intimately. So how do we do this? How do we delve into the scripture? And now the order of these is extremely important. So make sure you write them down right. Read the scripture. Ask, what is going on here? Just context. What, what in the world is going on right here, right now? Two. What does it have to do with me? Is this applicable to me in any general way? What do I do with it? Is this for my marriage? Is this for my actions? Is this for work? Is this for my parenting? What is this? What do I do with this scripture? And the fourth is, what does it have to do with my dream? What does it have to do with my dream? Now, I've met many people and I've gotten 
uh, caught up in this before is that I get first on what does this have to do with my dream and not what the context is or what does this have to do with me. When that happens, you start taking the scripture out of context and all kinds of crazy, weird things happen. And you'll be not be happy with the results. So the order of these is extremely important and that's why I, I wanted to make sure you got them in order. What is going on here in the text? And this is at the point, if you do not know what's going on here, I have this thing called email or Facebook or carrier pigeon. I will love to answer any context questions you have. I love to answer any questions you got for me, but context is where I get all excited. Yvonne's learned more about context of scripture in the last six months because every time I learn something, I go out and immediately have to tell her all about it. But if you have questions of that, some, some of us are like, oh, I don't understand what's going on here. And we close the Bible and we throw it, and we're like, ah, never, it can't apply to me. But just with simple stuff of, of saying, oh, no, that's this. Oh. Then we can get to the what does it have to do with me? What do I do with it? What does it have to do with my dream? The disciples, when they study at Pentecost, realize the dream. They realize that 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 dream has changed, that they wanted, their dream was that the kingdom of Israel would be restored. And there must have been at some point in that night, they realized that the restoration of the world is what was going on, not just of Israel. And that's when the Holy Spirit came to say, okay, boys, let's do this. Do it is the third one. Do, do it. Some of us like to sit at the delving phase. Some of us are scholarly in our heads, and we love to read about stuff, and we love to study it, but you ask us to do it, now that starts to get a little more uncomfortable. Some of us would rather do and not read anything or pray about anything. We just want to go do it, and some of us are just like to sit and dream all the time. Now, they, don't, they have to be done in concert. They can't be done in isolation. So we have to dream, we have to delve, and then we actually have to do it. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all who the Lord will call. Peter gets up. He's received the Holy Spirit. Everybody around him that's celebrating Pentecost thinks they're drunk. He's like, no, 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 we're not drunk. We just received the Holy Spirit. And he starts preaching, and 3,000 people are saved. If you've ever wondered why there's 3,000 people there, they're there to celebrate this huge feast day of Pentecost. They're all there because they're, they're all doing the same thing of staying up at night and, and reading and praying over the scriptures. And why the gift of tongues, whether well, they were speaking different languages, is because when they started sharing the gospel, they wanted everyone from all over the, the, all the Jews all over the world to be able to hear and understand the gospel message. God is facilitating, finding the answers to any of the road bumps of this whole, this God-sized dream of the restoration of humanity. Peter preaches the first sermon and 3,000 people are saved. When he steps into the moonshot idea, things happen. For us, I want to dream and I want to dream big. I want you to dream. I want you to dream big. That we can actually do something that affects life change. I don't know what that is for you. You all have different gifts and different, different attributes that are far different than me. 
Maybe there's a niche that you know I can do that and I can do that well, and God has specifically equipped me to do that. But God, I want you to make that bigger and better. Remember, a moonshot idea isn't one that you can achieve by yourself. We can all have safe dreams and safe moments. But a moonshot idea is, I don't know how that works. But it irks me. I had some kids who were extremely irked by, Atlanta's one of the sex trafficking capitals because the airport's the biggest in the world there. It's one of the sex trafficking um, capitals of the world. And we have students who are extremely bothered by that idea. And so all of a sudden, they started doing small little things. And next thing you know, all these huge Christian artists are, are supporting them and helping them uh, get more uh, empowered and doing things. And they're starting to do things that actually change little girls' lives when they're taken out of sex trafficking. We don't know what's going to happen when we start on the path of a moonshot idea. And that's part of the fun of it. If you're like me, I like to have everything planned out and everything set in stone and let's figure this all out and we got a system for this. God, that's not my system. You're not on my system. God, God, that's not my system. But God's in the business of saying to your systems. He's like, I have a system and mine's better, God. No, 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 Jared. My system's better. The Holy Spirit will blow up all that and unleashes to a whole new way of life. Ben, why don't you come on up? See, when the guys are filled with the Holy Spirit, things start changing. The world starts changing. Instead of taking on the Roman Empire through military force, they change it through the Holy Spirit. They change it through love. And it's something that we here today can do as well. We can change the world through the Holy Spirit. Think about it. The people in that room numbered less than the people in this room. Think about that for a second. The people that were praying and gathered that day numbered less than the people in this room right here. Think, oh, we're just a small church in Shorewood, Illinois. What could we do? Folks, we could change the world with the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you find yourself today and you're going, I I want more out of my life. I want more out of what I am. I want more out of um, this Christian life. I want more just out of life in general. God has a plan for you and a purpose for you greater than you ever could have known. He has moonshot ideas lined up all over the place for you. And as Peter preaches, all you have to do to participate in that is repent be baptized. And we're going to offer a baptism here at the end of the summer. And so if that's something that you want to join in with, and you're like, I don't know what baptism is about, I would love to talk to you about that and how you can participate in that. But for today, we can start that journey just by repenting. And repenting is a big word for saying, I'm changing direction, God. I want to turn my life around. Maybe you've been a Christian for a while, but you need to experience the Holy Spirit in a new way, and you need to change direction because you've been doing life your own way, and you've been doing life in small ways, but you need to change direction into moonshot type of ideas. Maybe you haven't been a Christian. You don't even know what that looks like, but you know the life that you're in today needs to be bigger. It needs to be better, that there's got to be more to life than this. Maybe today is the day that you need to repent. If that's you today, pray with me this prayer. Jesus, I know I do wrong. 
I know I mess up your plans. I know I make my ideas too small. I know I trap everything in a little box. God, I want you to blow up that box. God, today I invite you into my life and please, God, take control. I know I'll try to wrestle it away from you, but God, take control of my life. God, Holy Spirit, I I invite you to take control of my heart and my mouth and my mind, Lord, that you would touch me in a new way, in a life-changing way, in a world-shaking way. Be my Lord. Be my advocate. Be my comforter. Empower me to be the best follower of God that I can be. Amen.